Hey Jobin, how's it going? Oh, hey Jacob. Man, what a, what have you out out there in the game? Yarr! Oh. oh, what's this? Oh, what? Why, why is Nick in a wagon? wagon? I'm in a wagon, yarr! I'm pulling him around in the Oprah wagon. I'm in the Oprah din, yarr! The, the Oprah din. Yarr. Oh no, look, it's a kraken! Yarr. Oh no! Look out, a There's crab! There's two really ugly looking kraken aliens. Yarr! And their names are Jacob and Jobin! Yarr! Oh man, what a zinger that was. Wow. And, <laughs> I'm offended. And me, Mitchell Smith, and you, Nick Blackley, will have to defend the ship from these disgusting aliens. And scurvy! And sc <laughs> lots well, of scurvy. as Jacob Smith, I hope I can manage this situation. What? <laughs> Is that... What? <laughs> As you've transformed into an office manager. Uh, <laughs> a lot of paperwork to deal with. Yikes. Oh, man. Being a Kraken ain't easy. Being a Kraken insurance agent sure is hard these days, huh? <laughs> wow. For a second, I was like, agent? wow, how do you pull that that job out of the air? But I remembered what we were talking about. Is that about. four Krakens, or is that in defense of Krakens? If a Kraken attacks, are you defending the Kraken's hack? For your agents? Generally, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So I take it uh, we're all talking about the same die. same game here? The the Ober Return of the Oberdin? Yes, yeah, it's just... Oof. <laughs> Ooh, some dead air there. <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite um, uh, posing uh, pirate game out there so far, I think. The new genre of still-imaged pirates uh, that is sweeping this fine game space of ours. Well, before we get into the game, what do we do on this podcast? Uh, let me bring up my notes. Well, I, as Nick Blackley, am a researcher. <laughs> you already said you were Nick Blackley. No, I didn't. The four of us travel through the game space on the ship The Big Unit on our research mission to collect, catalog, and discuss the good and bad qualities of the games we find within. And we are all researchers, except for Jobin, who's... Uh, I'm not getting about, paid for this, but... Who's not getting... You know, <laughs> you're an I'm intern. still here. You're, still, you're an still intern in now. Transit. I'm an intern. I'm on a probationary status mm -hmm. while you guys take me to my planet... Yeah. Pull up your notes for your planet name. Snuggle nuts. I thought it was Fuzzle nuts. Well, no, that's the planet I came from. Oh, Isn't we, that what we were, we're talking heading about? in the wrong direction the whole time. Oh, we thought we were going no. to. Oh, we're gonna have to turn around. Well, we'll have some time while we're traveling. Do we want to talk about this game? I assume you guys have all played based on your costumes oh. slash wagons. Have we setup. said our names yet? Yes. Yes. I'm Jobin Azadi. Oh, God. I'm Mitchell Smith. <laughs> and I'm Jacob Smith. Jobin? And Nick is Nick Blackley. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, How could God. this be worse than last time? <laughs> He said it couldn't be done. It couldn't get any worse. <laughs> and here we are. With explicit I am fairly certain that we did not say our names. We did no, at the you very beginning. several times. We all heard you say your name except for I yourself. I can't wait for you to listen to this again and realize how wrong you are. Damn. <laughs> um, all right, yeah, so... I'm Joe Azadi. 
Are we doing it again? Look, at this point, it doesn't matter who I am. And I'm Jacob Smith. <laughs> and I'm Mitchell Smith, and this other one's a nobody. So, let's get into it. So, the the return of the Oberdin, this is... I just thought I'd say at the very beginning, this game is very... The mechanics of the game are very much related to the plot of the game. So, as we discuss the plot and the mechanics, if you want... If you think you want to play this game which we enjoyed you should look at the trailer which doesn't spoil anything and then like don't listen to this podcast basically play the game first because it, like we're gonna talk about it and pretty much spoil everything so just it, in order to talk it, about it like you have yeah, to yeah. the game is inherently plot driven which we'll get into so, so it's in to yeah. talk about mechanics is to talk about spoilers pretty so much. let's do like a little bit we're gonna do a little bit of spoiler free or we'll talk about it from like a top level and then we'll like give like a kind of like okay if you're gonna play it now is like really the time to go spoiler zone okay okay we'll enter the spoiler zone and we'll say so we have like a little like the single spoiler. for that like, absolutely not the we don't have the budget zone. for that be like spoiler zone we'll see how generous lord nintendo is today we can make it ourselves anyways uh, so yeah, the return of the Oberdin is. I I think that technically you would call it a, a deduction game. It's a murder mystery. It is, is yeah. The story, yeah, where, where you're trying to find out not who died, not who what singular person died, but what happened to everyone who died aboard the ship, the Oberdin. Right. I would call um, it like a murder mystery puzzle game, right? Yeah. It's, it's a lot of puzzles, but not in a traditional sense. It's like, like you said, deductive puzzles where you're trying to like piece things together and understand what happened given the situations you're presented with. Um, yeah, and and the different kind of like settings, and you look at a lot of details aboard the. You're you're on like a 1800s or maybe 1700s era ship. Uh, and um yeah yeah you, no you cell spend... phones millennials <laughs> so let's circle around so the base mechanic there are two key items that you have as this insurance agent aboard the Oprah den right you have your book and your stopwatch yeah right and your stopwatch every time you find the location of a dead body you can use the stopwatch to relive the moment that they died a freeze frame although you do get some you know, text and conversation that might have happened right around that time. Yeah. Visually, it's just a free stream of what was going on at the moment of their death, right? I, so. I think technically you get up to the, you get a little bit of audio up to the moment of their death, like right when they mm -hmm. die is when the audio stops. Yeah, it's like you essentially hear the, the five seconds prior to their death and then you see the exact precise moment that their life snuffed out um, and their soul went to either heaven, hell, or the other place. Yeah, the third one <laughs> that we have in the future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We don't talk what's about it, it. What's it called again, Nick? No, 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 no. That, it's a secret. We don't oh, talk about it. This will be developed over the course of season one of Astro Gaming. Let me pull up the fandom uh, and uh, insert some information for this page. Uh, so the, those are the basic mechanics of the game. Well, um, we didn't talk about the book. So as oh, you... right, of course. We didn't. Yeah, we did. The talk second about key anything. item. The second key item. So, and to be clear, when you're using a stopwatch, it's not like you're seeing a picture of a scene. 
you are in the scene and you can move around and examine the dead body and the living bodies and everything in between. You can't interact at all. You can't interact, but you can observe. Mm -hmm. And as you see the scene, it is then recorded in your book, which is a chronological uh, chronicle Whoa. of what happened aboard the Oberdin over the course of, I think it's several weeks, but it's really several main events. Yeah. The course of a voyage. Sure, yeah. Of the Oberdin. Yeah. Is this spoiler zone? Um, no, I, I have one more thing. Um, so the game also was, uh, it was developed by one guy uh, exclusively. So art, music, coding, graphics, everything was, was done by one man named Lucas Pope, who is a total badass. Yeah, I want to say that this, a single person creating this, and he did it, I believe, over four or five years, is an is an absolutely monumental feat. Mm-hmm. I think it's incredible. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. This time Even the the quality of the game and the the intricacy involved with like the 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 gameplay and the the story. I don't I don't know how he could keep it all in in, in line in his head alone. You know, very impressive. Yeah, I I've read a bunch of different things that that Lucas has said about the game, and you know, it took him like five years just to write the story. And like figure out the script of the thing, um, it is just over the top in the amount of details. Like you'll go in and look at one person's death, and it'll provide you clues with like how someone else died, if they were wearing a hat or not. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I would so so so. I think all of us would really highly recommend playing the game. Uh, we're gonna go enter the. Sp- Spoiler zone. So, pause the podcast, but do come back and listen to the rest of the podcast after you play the game. Bye bye. See you soon. Okay. All, all right. right. <laughs> Finally. Hey. Man, I can't believe they all die. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> welcome, uh, welcome to the spoiler zone. <laughs> this is where the the cool kids are. <laughs> welcome to the spoiler zone. Uh. Anyways, um, yeah, so what spoiler things do you guys have to talk about? Okay, so the game takes place, it's, it throws you into the, what, what would be the end of the plot, essentially, chronologically. It's really cool because the game typically, for the most part, works from the end of the timeline uh, towards the beginning of the timeline. So right. at the very end, you're, you're thrown to the end scene of the Oberdin's voyage where basically... You you meet the captain and he's being attacked by some of the other mates on the ship, or maybe not mates. Were they mates? They were mates. Uh, Brennan was a mate, so. so mostly seamen and some mates. Some mates, I think, which is important because of the mechanics of the game. Um, but you, at first, you're kind of like, what? Like, what is going? Like, what were you guys thinking at the beginning of this game? Because I was like, I have no idea why these guys are killing each other. Yeah, it was uh, very confusing. Well, I think I didn't fully grasp the way that the game was working at that time because at this, so this is where it gets convoluted, right? Since it's at the end of the voyage of the Oberdin, these like four people that are in these first scenes that you see are the last people on the ship alive. Um, the last people on. Well, okay, I guess there's a lot of ghosts, so <laughs> there's no ghosts. But yeah, so that was definitely confusing because you're just kind of like, where's everyone else? Why are there only a couple people here? What did this captain do? 
And that's like the sort of thing that you literally don't figure out until the end of the game. But I think not it's important to note too that there isn't a ton of instruction about what to do. The game mm-hmm. kind of just throws you into a scene and you just kind of sit there and you literally wait until it, an invisible timer ticks down and then it kind of closes out the scene automatically. And then it says, okay, what happened here? How did you see some people like laying on the ground? There's some blood lying around and it says, okay, what unfolded that caused all these things to happen? Well, it'll do it for one person, right? It'll, it'll take a picture and it'll say this person died here. It doesn't say who the person's name is. It doesn't say how they died. And then you have to fill that in. And so the end goal of the game is to assign a face to every, assign a name to every face that we've seen and to say how they died by what they died. Were they mauled and torn apart by a terrible beast? Were they shot by another crew member? You need to find out the Mm -hmm. details of every death on the ship. Yeah. So at the beginning, we quickly figured out who the captain was, but we didn't know who the other... I think, actually, one of those guys, we didn't figure out until almost the end of the game who he was, just mm -hmm. by process of elimination. Yeah, so Uh, the game, it, it provides you with such a bare minimum amount of information for you to actually figure out... Um, like what has been going on. It provides you with a manifest of everyone who was on the ship. And then each scene you have like, sometimes the dialogue will include a name, but that's pretty rare. Um, so you end up having to use a lot of uh, like auxiliary details um, to, to like figure out a lot of stuff. Right. Like it was a big treat when we heard a name said in the chat in the conversation, because then we could narrow it down to someone on the scene. Generally, yeah. there, wasn't, there weren't names being said, so you had to base it off of deductive reasoning based on the role of the person, where they were, when they died, what they were doing, who was interacting with them, things like that. Yeah, I, that, that was a big part of the game. And we should talk about how you progress through the different memories themselves. So to start with, there's... Basically, there's hands to you in the beginning. There's some bodies lying around. You can use a stopwatch to jump into those memories. But beyond that, there's this concept of what we've kind of coined like nested memories, where a body of someone who died in another person's memory can be accessed as well, which allows you to go one level deeper. And using that, you can go back further in time in the voyage to see what was happening before scenes unfolded. And uh, mechanically, what that does is it creates a, a, this body that was not available. It makes it appear somewhere on the ship, and you then access that body from there, kind of. Um, so then yeah. you can go and access it like a normal memory. I was a little confused at first about all this stuff, and it's interesting we didn't mention, but this is the first game we've played sitting in the same room, and I think that had a big effect on like how we learned the game and like the process of learning the game. Yeah. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Also, since we're talking about it, I played this game um, pretty much the instant that it was picked up by the Game Space Scanner, and uh, these guys played it much later after I coerced them into doing it. Um, pretty much, I just locked them in at in, gunpoint. At gunpoint, mm-hmm. in a room, told them that was... they were going to play it to completion, lest I kill them, and then I great. would I would go relive <laughs> the moment that they died using a weird clock. I like the part where we almost starved to death. That was, it was fun. I mean, I knew who I, who I was going to eat first. What? 
Just Who saying. Was it? Joe Who ben. was it? Well, you can conject, guess. I can conject? Yeah. That's gross. Um, I don't know if I can. You could try. I can. <laughs> um, yeah, so as you uh, continue going through these memories of the captain, um, you... The first body, the the first body you find is the only body available, but it opens up more parts of the ship. So this is not a nested memory. This is actually one of the few times when it is sequential, right? Because it's a body is there, you see the memory, and then when you leave the memory, it opens up a new part of the ship, and you find another body, which is one step further. Right. So we see at the very beginning these guys charging the captain, the captain killing all of them. And then he sits by a body and then kills himself. He basically says, like, I'm sorry, and kills himself. And I'm assuming since that's the last memory in the book, he's the last person on the boat. But after that, we get access to this other body that takes us to maybe the the part that is the most spoilery and really as, well, it, it kind of shows the real thrust of the game, which is this lady was his wife who died in the section called the doom yeah and we open up on the scene and we so we use the pocket watch on the the lady's body to go into her moment of death and we're looking around and we're like wow like this is a really bad storm like she gets looks like she gets crushed by a mast here that's pretty crazy it's it's raining hard and there's lightning and there's a broken mast oh that's that's kind of crazy huh and then i was like guys i was like do you see the giant tentacles on the side of the boat that are <laughs> holding this mast? And they're like, oh my god. It was just yeah, like, really, like a, it was a really cool reveal of like, oh, there's a literal kraken attacking this ship. Like this is yeah. much bigger than we thought. It was yeah. very unexpected. Yeah, the, the game just it it harvests those moments so well of like, you know, you you start up the game, it's like you're kind of like, okay, I'm like a insurance agent whatever this guy's Mm. shooting another guy okay pretty run-of-the-mill stuff and then all of a sudden mythical epic creature and it's crazy and it's just like the music is on point the graphics are on point it's just this awesome moment and this this i think he he did a really good job of this because i don't know if we mentioned this this game is all in black and white and it's oh or not black and white it's like uh what would you call it but it's it's supposed to be it's, like old-timey graphics it's like one bit graphics so oh. one bit in in the sense of like old old monitors the pixel was either on or off so you create these shapes essentially just using one color a pixel turned on more right. colors gradients patterns to mm-hmm. differentiate between what's going on and he still communicates the nuance and facial expressions very well with just this one bit rendering yeah. engine which is i think a very it's a testament to his uh programming ability yeah and his he, design he built the entire uh rendering engine from scratch for this game um so that he could get that one bit graphic effect it's really incredible. I think you'd have to see images to even like understand, yeah, like the complexity of it, and like to see how well he does the shading and like the depth of objects. That's that's not yeah. easy with two colors, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you didn't play the game, you should at least please go look at the trailer, please, because it is so. It is such an interesting art style. You really need to look at it to do it justice. Yeah, like screw the pixel art 
trends. I want more games in one bit. It would be pretty <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, so this moment, I think that it's, this he did. This is not the only time when you basically you start at. We were talking about the nested memory. So at the beginning, it wasn't nested. A lot of the sections after this are nested, and most of the time, what happens is you find the person. You get some interesting dialogue. So this lady was the the captain's wife was basically like, "Where's my husband?" And uh, she says, "Martin, where's my husband?" Martin is one of the other characters, and then she like dies, and it 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 appears. You get this musical sting. Your vision is immediately centered on the person who died, which is her. And if we had known what we were looking at, I think the graphics kind of contributed to this. It was almost a little chaotic because it's a very chaotic scene, right? So there's, and since it's black and white, it's just like a bunch of lines and dark parts. And like, I didn't realize that this thing was a crack and tentacle immediately, but like it was focused right on it pretty much. Yeah. Like it was right there in the scene. We just were like, I don't know what I'm looking at. Uh-huh. Um, but that happens a lot. Like, there's several other parts where it's like there's this big important thing that's happening and it just like appears in front of you out of no literally out of the dark because when they have the audio they don't show the image yeah because no one nothing ever moves when you're in the death scene so you just hear the audio you see the audio and you don't see anything else and then bam cracking right in your face yeah you hear like shouts you hear creaking of the boat you hear things sliding around and crashing and you're like what you're like what is going on mm-hmm. and then it cuts away to the image or the scene i should say and you can walk around and explore it and be like oh this is the cannon sliding across the ground and crashing that i heard earlier like oh this is the people this person is clearly screaming in pain as they get shot like you know, things like that <laughs> Oh, these are the entrails of the person being ripped in half. <laughs> I heard those hit the yeah. deck a second ago. <laughs> yeah, it, it's when you do the nested memories. It's also kind of interesting because you see the end result before the death. So, like, there's this guy who is torn apart on just laying on the side of you know on the deck of the boat, and then you can you go over, you use the compass on him, right? And then the next scene he's the person who's dying and so then you see him being ripped apart by the crack and then you go find another person who was dying like was dead and you work your way back it's pretty it's a very unique way of inspecting events i guess working yeah. backwards i want to emphasize how excited i was to see the kraken originally i was like oh this is so great like i love i love a good mythical beast being thrown in when you don't expect it yeah and from the from the first scene from the first scene senior show you're like oh there's guys with clubs and like guns and like this is kind of like a whole thing and then it's like bam like magical beast killing people with its giant tentacles it's, uh, it's what's a great the, what is the genre of horror that that is body horror no 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 it's what? um like lovecraftian? Lovecraft. yeah lovecraftian thank you yeah like yeah it, the it's all like lovecraftian horror a lot of different sort of monsters from that genre um it's badass yeah i guess we have, a, we have a good overview of like the gameplay um we could probably dive more into like the the plot that leads up to this point right sure so so whoa, wait one second how much do we want to talk about plot versus mechanics uh, i mean this I was... game go ahead mitchell well, I was going to say, like, we, the, the, the mechanics are pretty, like, they're tied to the plot, but I figure the way that we would talk about it is, like, 
well, this is how the plot helped us figure out the like how to win the game, right? So it's like, well, this these are the problems that we encountered. When we saw this scene, we were we would be able to you know figure this sort of thing out. We don't have to go through like this is the scene that the cow. I mean, like if we need to talk about it as an example, this is when the cow died. But like we don't have to step through each part of each chapter, each scene in each chapter. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to stay away from that too. That's why I'm. That's yeah. what I agree. Uh, with. It's probably worth emphasizing how many people there are and how some of them are very obvious and some of them are very difficult to figure out and. It took us like multiple tries for a few people, you know, things like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what we were talking about. Yeah. So, um, what we were talking about the Kraken, and then Jacob said, "Do we want to talk about the plot some more?" So, did you have an idea about where you what plot you wanted to talk about, Jacob? Well, I would just say like you know things continue to unfold in reverse chronological order, and it's like every scene was just almost shocking with like you're like oh this makes so much sense like these people are doing this here and like that leads into what i just saw and right. you could like kind of connect these dots in your head which i think is kind of the theme of the whole game right it's like you know taking pieces of information and connecting them to have like a greater understanding of what's going on mm-hmm. um i keep comparing it go ahead. go ahead no you go ahead no, no. oh yeah, yeah yeah please after you so polite <laughs> okay oh I, I was literally just gonna say the giant square with the x's is like you know things where it's like Susie lives in the purple house not next to john and john lives in the greenhouse it's like that but like on, squares is but that where does barack obama live what? Uh, <laughs> what the white house just kidding he's not president um yeah that was three thousand years ago thanks for misdating our podcast <laughs> <laughs> you've dated it to the wrong decade but yeah it's like you can you can say okay well this person can't be this or this or this and so you can mentally x out these things in your mind and then like eventually you arrive at some conclusion that well with these things left it's, it, they must be either this or this and you can you, you pull all these pieces of information to reach the final conclusion so in the in the doom is the, it was one of the few times in the game when someone said someone's name when the the wife said martin yes and we were able to figure out at that point that this guy was the third mate martin yeah i want to say that they really only gave you probably about four identifications based on like name alone right like they're really really sparse about it right um but yeah so it, it works backwards so i mean we could kind of talk about the thrust of like why did this all happen i guess very quickly right so there's like these magical seashells that were brought on by uh some passengers yeah the there were a group of uh four formosans uh that were on the ship and with them they have or somehow bring into their possession like this this trunk or chest of some kind that has these magical shells in them right and that causes one of the mates to decide to steal it and i'm in the formosans i guess in order to it's never quite clear what his plan was it's funny because like in one of the first scenes we saw in the beginning of the game they're saying like 
where's the shells? Like, give us the shells. Right. And I was like, I have literally no idea what this guy's talking about. I don't know what shells he's referring to. Like, it could be yeah. anything. Yeah, you and guys by were the end like... of the game. You're like, where are the shells? The shells are so important because they they keep coming up in the in the plot, and like they're they're obviously a huge part of all the chaos that ensues for various reasons. Right. And um, so basically, he takes the shells. Uh, Nichols takes the shells and some of the passengers captive. Goes out in the ocean. Gets attacked by mermaids. The mermaids were there because of the shell, and they are subdued. And he brings them back when most of the people that he went out with died. Um, and that brings the mermaids onto the ship, and with them additional shells. Um, and so this was that scene was actually very helpful because this was one of the few situations where we could kind of they they mentioned a couple people's names and also the the amount of people in the scenes was very small. There are some scenes that have what twenty people. I think some of them's thirty. Yeah, thirty yeah, people. Almost I mean, every single crew member. There's sixty people on the ship, and so the really big scenes. Um you can't get unless you already knew like you're not going to get a lot of information out of it because it's just a bunch of people standing around or that's what you would think if you were bad like us yeah this is this is where like when i played it i i solved it very very differently from how you guys solved it um i went and targeted the scenes that had a lot a lot of people um because there's a lot of detail in there um like lucas is so exacting in making sure that people who are um at a similar staffing level so like the bosun's standing next to the bosun's mate every first mate is standing with their steward um they're just so specific about that um that you can tell a lot just on those scenes alone yeah we didn't the three of us did not do that very much you you eventually yeah you eventually got there at the end and I think that is a good point because in the smaller scenes we kept struggling because we so the mechanic is when you get three deaths or I guess fates correct it will say you've done it correctly so there was a lot of times when we were like well we're pretty sure we have two of these and this person is Russian so why don't we just try all the Russian names and maybe it'll work and it would work I don't know 20% of the time maybe (laughs) It felt a like little that. like we were gaming the system, but at the same time, it was a mechanic in the game, and we were using it, so I, I think it was fair. I was getting kind of tired. I'm like, let's finish this thing up. Like, how hard could this possibly be? And it probably made <laughs> things more difficult yeah, in retrospect. I, I did the, the exact same thing, where like I would get two people that I was like, I know for sure these are correct. Now let me go find a third one that I think is... Uh, I'm not too sure about. Maybe it's between three names. I'll try each of the names until it tells me, oh, this one's correct. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I can keep talking about the plot, right? Should we talk about the bar? I guess we'll talk about the bargain later. But, Take it away, uh, Mitchell. These uh, mermaids get brought onto the ship. They kill a couple other people through just being dangerous. They were basically, they were stunned by the shell when they were in the water with nickels before he brought them back um but they they take them down to the what do you call the thing the lazarette the lazarette 
<laughs> okay. So, so, oh, they in the privy? I'm like, what? In the past? Tangent. Jacob kept on calling the prison the privy. And we kept on trying to tell him that's not what a privy is. I he's like, what do you mean? The privy? Yeah, we the don't jail? call that the privy like, anymore. No. <laughs> it's not. That would okay. be a pretty awful place to store someone because now no one can go to the bathroom and also it it's a pretty awful there. place, huh? Ah. Uh, okay so then we uh they kill a couple people on the way down they get stored in the jail and then that's when the kraken attacks so during apparently this happens at the same time as the doom but the captain goes down there and he kills two of the three mermaids and then tells the third one that he will release her if she calls off the kraken uh, and so that is what's that is the reason why there Question. are people. Do mermaids okay. speak English? I think she just figured it out from him stabbing the other two. Ah, I see. Okay. Yeah, the universal language killing someone's <laughs> friends so that they do what you ask for. I mean, yeah, kind of. I think that would work. <laughs> it's showing by doing. Um. The strongest language. The one that really actually, transcends. Well, it's funny because they call it the bargain, and I'm like, what bargain did he really do? He, was, I'm not even sure why he didn't just kill her, too, because what? If there's nothing there... I mean, I guess the Kraken may have stayed if he didn't have her call it off. Yeah, but so the I, bargain no was they exchanged the shell for the ship, if you remember. They, they wanted the ship to get back to shore... So that they could tell the tale of those 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 shells, because they I mean, knew I that guess. like all of those bodies, um, they had those giant crabs in the hold down below. So like there was a lot of stuff on the ship that you know someone could come along and piece together what happened. Man, we haven't gotten to the crabs yet. That's gonna be good. Yeah, the crabs. Um, I did want to kind of touch on um something about in during the Kraken fight. Um, every person in on the ship, not every person dies, and not every person has a specific death scene. Um, there's a number of disappearances. Um, at the end of the chapter of a chapter, it'll straight up tell you like, okay, these five people have disappeared. Um, a bulk of those happen during the Kraken, and the reason for that is because the Kraken flings a bunch of people off of the ship, and their remains are never found. So, um, this results in kind of, you have to look off of the edge of the ship, uh, and look to see if they drowned, you can kind of keep track of different people, um, it actually tells you exactly how many people were in each scene, so one strategy I saw a lot of people doing was they would go into every scene, and they would count how many different people were in the scene, they would find every single different one, um, so that they could keep track of people through time. Hello? Why are you laughing? <laughs> is anyone there? <laughs> I literally just pulled up Discord because I didn't think that I was on the call still. <laughs> I heard every word you said and more. <laughs> yep, I heard it all. Just heard cut out the laugh. All. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jobin. That's the meanest thing I think I've ever heard you do. Well, this will be Jobin's last episode with the gang, so... <laughs> He's going to get crackened. So, I agree with everything you said. <laughs> Good. Those were <laughs> you facts. Elaborate? 
<laughs> on record i i consent to what you said i also consent um so yeah there are people that die and you have to just say that they all got drowned by the beast uh that was what i did well there was first actually you you said that they all were alive in africa <laughs> and then you eventually figured out that that was not the case well, be I fair. did that because I didn't actually see who was where. I was just that's interesting actually to bring up because at the beginning the beginning of the doom there were people who were trying to leave and when people had left before they had successfully gone to Africa. So I'm like, well, let's just do it. And that's how we played a lot of the game. Well, it could be this guy. He's probably a top man, right? He's got a white shirt on. That was like my go-to got, by the end. I was like, He's got white a white shirt. shirt. He's probably a top man. Top man. Mm-hmm uh yeah it, it was it was so so funny watching the like deduction process um as a person who like went through it myself as like yeah you guys were kind of just throwing names shotgun style until it's it stuck a lot of times it, it felt like well i'll say this so most of the time it felt like it was it was pretty easy most of the time to mm-hmm. figure out how someone died right so you're like he got shot he got spiked like right. that was pretty easy there were times when we were wrong and but and that was a really big sticky part right like when we thought they died a certain way and then it was like oh they weren't stabbed they were strangled and you're like how could you possibly confuse that right yeah well, it was the crabs but like most of the time you're like okay this guy got shot i don't know his name so i might as well put a name down because it's better than not putting like if you put nothing down you can't possibly get it correct right? See, this is where our strategies differed massively unless i knew who it was or had like a pretty good idea that it was like one of a couple people i wasn't putting a name down um because you guys ran into i think this this scenario where you had a lot of names that weren't sure about so you were kind of removing them from the running for other people well, and I'll be I'll be honest, if I was to do this game by myself, I would have done it more like how Nick did it. Yes. Yeah, we that's had a actually... lot of ideas hitting the a lot of spaghetti hitting the wall, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I also kind of just want to say that like it's gonna sound like I'm shitting on you guys for a lot of this, but um I think that also playing it in a group setting is very different than playing it by yourself. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think we played over the course of two days and the first day i was like wow this is very frustrating to watch because i would be doing things a lot differently but um i mean it's hard to say exactly what the difference is but i think it's easy to sit and watch someone else play the game and say you should be doing this or go here go here i because everyone's Mm -hmm. everyone's mind works differently when they're making these connections right so it's like to mitchell it may have been very obvious that this next step would make more sense but to me i was like i didn't really see it and so it's like it caused like some friction in my mind of you know i'm mind not friction. i'm not following the same thread he's following right yeah i, I completely agree and this and is when joe you know would repeatedly cancel the stopwatch i was like <laughs> oh mm, my god this seems like a bad strategy to just sit here I for only, an hour I only and a half did it, like, watching joe dozen times it was it was not even that much it took up three hours <laughs> real time look all i'm saying is i would love to play this game again in a year or two when I can forget most of the details so that I can play it through at my own pace. Yeah. I think this is a game better enjoyed not in a group, and I'm 
I'm happy we had our shared experience, but I would prefer to play it alone so that, because I could tell when I was using the controller, other people wanted to investigate different things than what I was investigating. When right. others were using the controller, I really wanted to investigate things that they weren't even looking at. Right. And yeah. it's just the kind of game where you want to follow the lead as it, as it goes, and it's hard to do that and have everyone be on the same page. And we all yeah. get along. Like, we're great friends and, like, everything like that. But it's just the game is inherently, it's like a challenge of, you know, deduction where you have to keep things straight in your head. And if someone else is messing with what you think, your, your line of thought, it, it really throws you off, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, because the game is structured that you can solve it in, like, a thousand different ways. Like, there's so many yeah. different details that, like, honestly, like, I could notice a set of things that are completely different than what Jacob notices, and we would still both beat the game. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, like, Which I, is, I think, I, a great thing about the game itself, you know, absolutely. the design of the game. Yeah, I did want you guys to play it all as a group, though, because of, you know, what we talked about earlier, those, like, really high-impact moments are just so cool, and I think those are really, really strong in a group where it's you're having like these group revelations about things and those are really cool um but i think that there are is a lot of merit to just doing it on your own and kind of figuring that out the first half of the game i think was a lot more fun in a group and the second half of the game i found more frustrating to be in a group i'll give you that so that's an interesting point to bring up jobin because i think we can talk Hmm. i mean we're we didn't really i don't know if we're done talking about mechanics but we can kind of talk about the pacing of the game which is like you know you you go through all the memories and then at a certain point you've you've done all of them but you haven't finished the game so that's mm-hmm. when it starts raining on the ship to show like you can leave like you've seen everything to but signify it, the passage of time well i guess but yeah so that at that point we had seen everything but we hadn't we had matched up i think like 10 people out of 60 or something like that yeah and the rest of the game was basically like you look in the book to see who haven't we figured out like what can we deduce from this scene oh wait i remember something from the scene what scene are you talking about this scene well where do we go to go into it because you can't just hop into it you have to go find the body so then i'm controlling it jobin thinks we should go look at a scene because of something he's thinking about and I'm thinking about something different, and Jacob's thinking about something different, and Nick is, like, shaking his head in the corner. <laughs> I'm and, also just visibly shaking whole body. And and we're, and then we have to, like, you have to, like, get around there and find it, and there was a part when we were looking at the, the um, the not the murder, whatever the chapter is after that with the people in the boats and the mermaids. People we, like, the- couldn't get to whatever, scene three or something, right? And we, like, went, like, five four couldn't find the thing two one and then we finally found the body for three and it's like that is just what you had to do like there's no way if the only way i could see this being easier would have been like if you could have literally clicked on the image and would have loaded you into the scene mm-hmm. you know without you having to go find the body and honestly i wish it did that i mean i think that's a tough that's a design choice right and like i i agree with you that it was a little frustrating but it was clearly a choice made by the developer to to make the game play a certain way, right? Yeah, longer it makes you longer. walk around a bunch. And we're we're I kind of know. in the section of the podcast where I feel like we're doing some critique. So I'll I'll say my one of my main critiques of the game. You already touched on it a little bit. Is that after the first I don't know maybe 
two two or three hours i feel like the climax of the game was already reached and the rest of the game was like this kind of like cleanup phase where it's like you're just going back through and you're like okay well i've already seen all this stuff i'm not learning anything new with the plot Mm-hmm. but i have to finish we we chose to complete the game 100 right which is to, to complete all the 60 fates but you're re- going through a lot of the same things you've already seen and nothing new really happens and it's not interesting to complete the fates like most of the time it's just like i didn't care if this guy had the correct name and he got crushed by a barrel or not right well, like it didn't change your... my understanding for to me be fair, that's I, your I opinion of what happened yes. okay right it's because my... i want to go ahead <laughs> I'm, that's what I, <clears throat> well, how I you said. Feel about it, I, I didn't like it. Did, would you say that the game was still as interesting after what I would call the climax of like uncovering so the whole I plot? I think you bring up a really good point where the game is kind of split into two parts. The first part, you're reliving the memories and you're seeing all these incredible plot twists and crazy outcomes for all these people. And the second part is giant crab men. Giant. The first time we saw a giant crab men, we were all like, "Oh, this guy is so cool! Look at him." And because, by the way, you're looking at all this in the past, it's not really scary. It's just kind of cool to look at. Um, and the second part of the game is you're diving back into each memory, trying to find hidden clues in each of the memories, in each of the fades, in each of the death scenes. And I think that... So one of the things I wanted to bring up is that this is a video game. In the first half of the game... What? Whoa. Believe it or not, this is a video game in the game space. Oh my and god. the first half of the game could be a movie. You could have someone play out that part of it and one of us could play it and we'd all basically have the same experience of just seeing all the memories happening. But the second half of the game, I think, is much more interactive. And I I really enjoyed the second part of the half of the game. And that part of the game is everyone can progress completely differently. First half, everyone's journey will be very similar. Second half of the game... The way we find the right answer for all the fates will be incredibly different. And I think that's one of the power of, of video games is that they can give everyone who interacts with it a different experience and a different mm. method to uh, finishing it. You can't just watch it for 30 minutes and it's over like a TV show. You have to approach it from your own angle, your own past knowledge, your own observation skills, your own logic, your own deduction. And that's your experience of that game. And no one else had the same one. Yeah, well, for the I, I first mean, I, half, everyone kind of had the same one. I I think I think part of my opinion of this is also just uh, colored by the fact that we were all in the same room playing it, and it was a little more frustrating that way. And also, it was like like yesterday, it was like getting late, and like I need to drive my mini golf cart back to my sleeping quarters in the rain, and I. <laughs> Yeah, okay, our and, ship's uh, leaking, okay? Like, we don't have time to fix that kind of thing. It's a it's, real ship. It's leaking, and it, it's raining in space. Mitchell, yeah. is that what you were saying? Well, the game space knows? is weird. I think Dugan that was really a sprinkler system. Something it was, was a little, probably on fire. Was a little, I never changed the filter that I needed to, so sue me. Don't sue me, please. Uh, okay. All right, good. great. We've explained it posthumously. Continue. I'm going to cut out the part when you say sue me, and it's going to be my ringtone for you. But um, yeah, so I don't know. I just like, I, I think that you're definitely right, but I see myself like playing this game. Like, you know, it's like I start playing it at 9 p.m., and I look up and it's like one, and I'm like, wow, I've been really enjoying this as I'm like trying to figure out the correct answer. 
versus the situation when we're all trying to figure it out and i'm like actually like worried about a time crunch situation when i'm like i want to go home yeah uh, so it's it's so i think that that made it slightly more negative but i don't i think that your point is very valid joven so guess what you get a gold star and jacob gets nothing what <laughs> nothing well in general that's what i think is the strength of video games when you take them as creative experiences is that people's interactions with them can be so different and yet so similar and you have points that resonate with others but you have points that maybe only you saw and i think that's just some of the strength of video games as a media device yeah just like how in melee i just use ganondorf down a aerial the whole time to kill people it's the unique way of approaching a video game, you know. And that's beautiful, isn't it? And it's beautiful it? and it's expressionist. It's the expression of the video game. You know? When he said down A, do you mean his his down aerial? Oh, his down aerial. Oh, that's the stomp. stomp. Oh, the stomp. yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> but then again, you're not alone. People love the stomp. What? Oh, yep. We should have mm-hmm. a podcast when we talk about this. And game. we'll call it the stomp. Passing grade. <laughs> No, wait, I meant an episode of this podcast. <laughs> we'll call it Passing Grade. <laughs> so for me, one thing that was really cool uh, about the like first half and the second half was the first half, it felt very overall story-driven. And yeah. then the second half, I was really interested in individual storylines of these like particular characters. Um, so I was kind of like, oh, wow. So right now um you know the the bosun is like running over here to grab guns and then he tosses it to this guy and then he takes the gun and shoots this other thing and like the progression of that that was i don't i don't think we really did that because you mentioned that after we figured out you're like look the bosun's tossing the gun i'm like okay like because it didn't help us figure out a right. person yeah but that's and I because think, we were just trying to run it i was just trying to run it down you know? yeah i think that's where i probably or that the way that i made you guys play it was probably the biggest disservice was that time element to it yeah and we don't have um, to keep harping on that like that's yeah. fine it's just it's it's interesting that because I, I realize that there are definitely arcs for characters right so the mm-hmm. formosan characters mm-hmm. had a very specific arc because it was encapsulated entirely within the murder and whatever the next one is the escape i think is it might not be the escape um, I, I wish i had the list up here the but the calling. one that comes right after the murder the calling yeah that's right it, and so, like, you could, like, basically, we learned everything about them from those two. And so other people obviously survived longer. And so they had a more intricate story. Um, yeah. So I was just going to ask the question. Do you think this video game would work as another medium in another medium? Yeah, I think it would be a good pointillism painting. I think you could do... <laughs> I like the. I think it could be a good cereal. The the overdins <laughs> the cereal. And oh, you mean like a like a show? Each pe- no 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 no. I mean like the cereal. You eat. Each piece would be like a character. You have to identify them <laughs> by the crunch they make. Uh, oh, yeah. I was thinking more like Lucky Charms. Like each charm is a face, and you have to identify who it is. Like, and the list of names is on the back of the box. 
Oh yeah, it would have the square on the back, and then you could fill it in with faces. Oh my god, the O Bradins. So I <laughs> I do have a question related to what you just asked, Joven, which is, do you guys think the game would have had the same effect with a normal graphic system? I have an idea about this, and I think the answer is no. And the reason for that, I think, is that we're very used to, as avid video game researchers, uh, we're used to certain graphic styles. Um, If this was in a normal color or even just black and white system, we would be able to identify things pretty quickly. But I think that part of the awe and the coolness of the game is that we're unused to this style of graphics. So when we see something... It takes our eyes a moment to figure out what exactly it's looking at. And it's that 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 kind of pause brings a lot of like um not tension, but anticipation of like, oh my god, what is that? And it amps that moment up. I guess the moment where we had the storm in the beginning would have been very different if we were like, oh, that giant green tentacle is clearly from a crack. Exactly. Not Yeah. I can't tell what's going on at first because my eye my eye isn't trained to like decipher this kind of image, right? Yeah, and I I also think the scene I'm thinking of is you get a glimpse of the crab and crab rider through like a little slit in the window. But literally due to the limitations of one bit graphics, the resolution of the actual crab in the di- in the like maybe 20 feet away from you isn't that high so you can't uh, actually really tell what it is we didn't know what it was yeah yeah, yeah. and that's, that's kind of cool of you're like you can kind of see what it is but you can't exactly make out what it is it's it's a high it's a it is by its very nature a high contrast system right there's literally mm-hmm. white or black or on or off and that lends itself to just stark relief versus any sort of like the only information you get is does this line like does the, is this filled in or not basically yeah um so it, it very much draws your attention to the structure of the scene because there's no color to give you any context or yeah. anything like that it also forces you to get close to things if you want to see detail that is because true. as things get farther away the pixels stay the same size so the detail gets lost. So it, it encourages you to move around the space. This is also why I think that if you were able to just click on a memory in the book real quickly, um, that would kind of harm the the totality of the game because I think that the establishment of uh. a physical space was really, really a pretty crucial part of the game. I mean, I don't know. Encouraging you to move around and look at stuff. That's nice and all, but like mechanics wise, I still found it annoying. But yeah, uh, I kind of wanted to. I, I mean, we can still talk about this. But Jobin, did you have an idea about your question? And I don't quite understand what you mean by different media. So like, do you mean did you this... mean like a painting, or did you mean like a no, different? No, but thank you video for the game? response. Uh, I meant like if it was a movie. Okay. Would this still give you the same experience? This story told in a movie. Do you think? I think that. It might be, it would be an interesting movie if they did it in the same sort of like jumping around in time thing. It would not do well in the box office. Um, but like if you did it sequentially, I don't think it would be a very interesting movie. Um, I don't think that it would work that well as a movie because I think that the act of actually like moving through and interacting with the world is really important. 
I agree. That would I agree be lost. with Nick. I think the the point of the game is that you're only seeing a still, and there couldn't really be a movie or TV show that that portrays that same feeling in an interesting way, right? It's like if the like Mitchell said, if the plot was played out sequentially or in you know scenes that were like visually coherent, I think it would detract from the the factors that make the game unique and interesting. And I, I completely I mean, agree. I think that it being a video game lets us experience the moment in so many more ways than if it were just shown to us. I, you can I just argue think that's something the game did really well. To call back to a game we've already played, which is like Portal, for instance, like you could say, well, would Portal be fun as like a, a movie? And it'd be like, well, what would that be? Would it be someone... Would it be me watching someone shoot portals and walk through them? Like, it wouldn't really have the same appeal as, like, figuring out yourself and, like, applying the stuff you're learning on the fly. You, you know Fair what I'm enough, saying? Does that make sense? Portal is less of a story game, and this one is pretty heavily a, a story game. But yeah, that's fair. It's... Yeah. Well, I... I think the other thing is, is that you're, you're a faceless protagonist in this one, which makes it tough to translate to a movie. But I actually think if you added maybe a couple characters that came with the insurance agent and then you did you could probably do like a tv show where like each like you know like they you could dive really deep into each chapter like for each episode if it was like a mini series or you know yeah. over the course of several episodes i could see how that might be interesting i wouldn't want to be a part of that <laughs> <laughs> i think it would be really cool the first half of the game as a yeah. tv series yeah. i think that'd be really awesome actually yeah and no, then, I, and I then think it has an extra then it has an extra six episodes where it's just the main character sitting there scratching their head as they like write down things in a book. <laughs> it's it could be cool though because give all the Russian names to all the Russian people <laughs> playing cards and hope that they it, get it, it right. Was, it, it was a good way of figuring it out. The it game works. only shows the most where people die, right? But there's a lot in between there that can be filled out in theory and be also interesting, right? Yeah, That's true. Yeah, I think you, you could, yeah. You could find like journals and stuff. Like there's there's lots of we only see through the one interaction, but I was actually very surprised that there wasn't a single point in the game where we read anything from something that we picked up. Yeah. I just thought we'd find something in the captain's quarters. There's a I ton kinda, of people. I kind of like that. I like that there wasn't a whole lot of text. I I, mean, I don't that was like fine. I was a just surprised. I think I agree. I think there I did expect there to be more text, but the fact that there was very little text beyond, you know, extremely relevant, small pieces of conversation. Yeah. That's an interesting point. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think that that was obviously very deliberate. I think that he very, 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 very much wanted you to interact with the world as little as possible, right? The one thing you do in the game other than walking and pressing and opening the book and using the compass the one thing you do is you open doors yeah and that was actually a, a tough mechanic to deal with in this game because i'm like can i open this door can i not and then you mentioned that there were like an x if the door was locked mm -hmm. and there was a line if it was unlocked yeah there was and a hidden like, affordance that was trying to tell you what was going on Right, and it's like, but that's that actually is one of the things that, like, he does. Obviously, this guy put a lot of thought into it, and he did things like that a lot, and we totally missed so many of them. Like Nick brought up in the the cold uh, section when people are dying from a disease, there are a bunch of people we could have figured out because they were sitting in hammocks that had their numbers on them, and we just didn't 
We God, just every single that. time the number came into the frame of your view, my heart jumped because I thought you were about to make the revelation, and then it just did. It didn't happen. Nope. Nope. But uh, that that Instead, one is a tough one. We spent about an hour and a half saying, "Does this person look Chinese?" and then picking a Chinese name from the list. Yeah. Um, not our best it moment. worked eventually it did work eventually um and you guys you guys took a very unique approach or a different approach than how i did to finding solving the game and it was very you can fun say to watch. wrong no 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 i don't think there's any wrong way to play the game to be clear so um i think that another thing that is really interesting about the game that could be potentially interesting as a television show is there's a lot of like little details that actually aren't really touched on too much um like the uh the mutiny that happens there's you overhear about one conversation happening about it i would love to get a little bit more of an in-depth look at the mutiny and like what all of the different people are talking about and thinking about what's going on with the ship because it's clearly cursed and um well there are two mutinies too right so the first one was when they stole the shells and the second one was before, like, never really started. So, yeah, there's definitely several opportunities for someone yeah. to, to talk about that. That would be interesting. Yeah. And there's also, um, like, there's questions about where does your watch even come from? That is never explained. Imagine you know it comes from two. Henry Evans. So right? who is Henry Evans, right? Who is That's he? That's crazy. Yeah. Why does he have why a magic is, stopwatch? Why does he have a stopwatch? Furthermore, why do the shells... Everything else in the visions is frozen. Why do the shells move in the vision? Does Magic. that somehow link the stopwatch to the shells? The shells move in the vision? Yeah, so well, they, they shimmer. That does they move. have an outline oh, that moves. They don't they don't I mean they I shimmer. don't think that's they don't move. I don't think that that is them moving. I think that that is they radiate like, some power, right? Yeah, they radiate. They're sure. the only thing that moves in those memories. That, I mean, I guess that's true. I always took that just to be, like, that is a, a... Well, first of all, it was a way of you to see that they were there and also just that they were a, a powerful item that would do that normally. So it would be like, if you looked at the sun in the visions, I'd imagine it would still hurt your eyes. But still, sure. from like a lore perspective, is the yeah, reason learn that Yeah, learn to both... lore. Thank you. So our partner pro- podcast, Learn to Lore, <laughs> oh, uh, led by Mitchell and Jacob Smith, is coming your way. Debuting uh, on wherever podcasts are sold. Yeah. But what if Guthix didn't in. sleep and Sarah Dahman did kill Zamorak? <laughs> Do you even know what you're talking about, Jacob? Oh my um, God. Anyways, keep it for the lore podcast. We'll podcast save it for lore, Learn to Lore. Oh, okay. Also, the graphics, the dot effect is called dithering. Dithering. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Dither me sideways. That, I didn't know that. Yeah, it literally has been bothering me for about a week. <laughs> it's called Are you dithering. To say that? Dither Are you me to timbers. Say that? Dither me in the ass. Quote Jacoby. Did we cut that? Okay. We probably cut that, huh? No, no. Leave that in there. The volume of that. that one's just that one's going right in there. It gave it a reverb, front and center. I might just put that in the front of. The, I might just release that as the whole whole podcast. Just that line. Dither me. We turned over. Did dither me in the ass, 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 ass. Yeah. Um, I have one last comment, maybe about. Uh, I wasn't particularly satisfied with the ending of the game. 
we basically did a bunch of work and i was hoping for a more fulfilling ending than the, the last chapter basically goes through a scene that we was explicitly excluded from the rest of the game and to me it left something to be desired um i didn't it was fundamentally weird to me that it was a lot less satisfying when i watched you guys do it and than when i did it myself and i don't know why that was I just thought I felt like we had figured it out. Yeah. Like I was at that point. I'm like, yeah. So the captain, they said the captain went below deck and he did something. And then he said he threw the shells overboard. And I'm like, he probably either killed them or set them free. And then he killed them and set them free. I would almost have rather not watched him just stab the mer people because it was like the idea of like this mysterious bargain, I think was more interesting than like watching him stab a spear through the grates and kill them and be like, stop it. You know, like literally it it almost took away from the mystery of it. I think like to me, that wasn't a true climax. It, It could have been a more climactic moment if something more interesting had happened. And it basically, like you said, it just confirmed what we already thought. And like, I, I was a little disappointed with that, but that's, that's yeah. Jobin, what's your hot take? So my hot take here is that this isn't a movie and it doesn't need to have a climax in the same way. It's, I think that you go through the story and you watch it happen and you absorb it and then you go through it again and you pick it apart and you deduce all the things that should have happened. And once you finish that, that's like the final click of the puzzle falling into place. And for me, everything after that was just icing on the cake. So seeing what the captain did, that was just kind of like an epilogue scene. And I didn't feel like that was a anticlimactic moment because for me, the hurdle, the biggest mountain for us to go over was figuring out the fates of the people. And once we did that, I was really happy with the game as it was. Um, I'm going to agree with Jacob a little bit here. I felt like I, I agree with you a lot, Jobin, but the the truth is, is that if that was 100% the case, then why did we he like block it off to the end of the game? It could have just been a part of the normal game. And then it's like, well, you figured everything out. And then it was over. Uh, but instead, he like deliberately blocked it off so that you could only see it at the end in a very deliberate like time because it's when you're in the Lazar lab. Lazarette. It, it's in a tiny spot it's not like you you just see everything very quickly in sequence and it's like well we could have just done this you could have just had the door open um but that's just you know i mean i see what you're saying but i think that you've made a couple points about how the game could be more convenient to the person playing it and i think that's just not the whole story i think that having an air of mystery and an air of forced mm. interaction in certain ways sure for me added to the journey yeah like yeah. changing your armor by clicking all the spots in your inventory <laughs> i gotcha gotcha yeah the the part uh, where you actually had to get different socks depending on the type of boots you were wearing that didn't make any sense i thought it made perfect sense in the lore if you guys were listening to yeah the doom looks- chapter second to last one uh they talked about how the kraken would attack you if you weren't matching your socks so. You, I hated the scene said, where we had to do our taxes. It was the worst. Oh God! I, you know, but when Jobin, I played Jobin it, I actually went and got my own tax of... lawyer. I had someone jo- else do it. Jobin said that that inconvenience really it just adds to the game, and that um mm-hmm. that I'm bad or something. Yeah. I forget. Did you guys get a flat tire when you were driving down the highway? I got a flat tire, and I heard that's like a 
one in ten chance. And then I had to go really through this rare. whole that side arc where good. I had to change the tire. Well, and you have to carry the car on your back, and if you take the wrong step, you fall over, and then the car goes down the hill, and then you have to go and, and pick up the car. Oh, and all then right, you can so get... we're just here to misrepresent my argument, huh? That's yes. a podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jobin's yeah. wrong. Jobin being reasonable in talking about different gameplay, Jobin is wrong. If you agree with me and disagree with Mitchell... Feel free to send us. Wait, no, email. you were disagreeing with Jacob. Well, all right. If you agree with me and disagree with Jacob or Mitchell, feel free to send us an email at the astrogamingcast at gmail.com. Yeah, I'd like to give a quick shout out um, to an email that we actually got uh, from someone named uh, iTunes uh, Stower. Um, <sighs> With uh, looks like they said real quick um, <laughs> that our podcast was approved. So cool! Thank you so much for your email. Really appreciate Thank that. Thank you, Mr. iTunes. I think yeah. it's I think it's Spanish. iTunes. Ah, oh, uh, yes, yes. I'm I'm so sorry. iTunes. Um. All right. Well, hey, thanks uh, so much for joining us on the big unit. That's our ship. We didn't say that this time yet. So we there it is. Did. We did earlier. Oh, well, but I, there's I no way the of knowing. If only there was some kind of recording device. That if only there was four separate me. recordings of each person's audio that we could. And I've got to. two of my own. Oh, one oh, for each total. foot. I like it. One mm-hmm. for each foot. Yeah. All right. I've been Nick Blackley. I've been Jacob Smith. I've been Mitchell Smith. I've been Jovan Azadi. Bye bye.